Hey tribe, it's Nixie Marie. You're listening to New Earth, a podcast where each week we explore the relationship between spirituality and sustainability and how these topics play an important role in the evolution of humankind. Together, we aim to remember our connection with Mother Nature to heal ourselves and save our planet. Hi, everyone. Lovely to be here. As always, behind the mic in my studio. I was just playing the flute, actually, and I've been really exploring music lately. I've been so called to play music, just kind of get in, get lost in making music, and that's kind of a new thing for me. So I just, um, as maybe some of you guys have heard um, me playing some of the flutes, and the drums and just kind of sitting with these sacred medicine tools that really have been called to I've been called to work with and so it's been a good time and you know I apologize in advance for a couple things today my my throat and my sinuses are still recovering from having COVID so I'm very, uh, I'm just kind of, it's been an interesting recovery as anybody probably knows who has had it. Um, I've got some post symptoms, so I'm a little mucusy, like everything that's coming up from my lungs, I guess. And so if I take a pause to cough or something, I do apologize. Um, and, and today we have a cool episode. Actually, we're going straight down into the dirt, into the soil of this planet that we live on and call home. Um, we're going to be talking about soil and, uh, we've got a guest on the show. Lee Spivy is here. He's going to be talking to us about how we can find a spiritual connection to the earth through soil and a little bit of, you know, how we can create healthy living through gardening. And so we're getting our hands dirty today. If those of you out there who've always been wanting to start a garden or you've been really curious about the the importance of soil health, this episode is going to inspire you. Um, another apology though, the the audio for this didn't come out as crystal clear as I would have liked. There was some interruption, some feedback going on in Zoom. So bear with me. It's a really, this message is so potent and really important, I think, to hear. So we're just going to roll with it. And of course, our lovely editor, Roy, is going to do his best and his team to make sure that it sounds as good as possible. Um, but just giving you a forewarning there. So Ah, lovely. I'm so excited to be into um, this topic today, especially because I haven't had a lot of soil. Mm, I haven't had a lot of soil lately. I just feel, you know, I've been on the water, which is a different type of element. And now we're, we're kind of, we've, I feel like we've sort of been like just in, in the home for a while now, um, especially just because I was recovering. <clears throat> and, you know, I about three weeks now. I haven't really been out in nature. So I'm going to be living vicariously through this conversation and um, craving some earthing and getting my feet out in the soil and hands dirty. And, you know, for anybody that's can do that, like go, go do that for me if you can, because I know it's actually really important. It could actually really help. I know it helps our immune system, earthing and um, just being with the soil. So 
um, that that is your inspiration for today's episode is just getting into the soil of our earth. And I think there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of studies and research and um, science that really backs how important soil is for our health and vitality, especially in our food, but also just spending time with the soil and being on the earth and putting our feet on the ground because we don't often do that. Right. And so if you're interested in earthing or you've been doing it, um, I think I always have to remind myself sometimes the importance of it, you know, because there's so many tools in our tool belt and earthing is one of them that I used to do quite a lot when I was living in Topanga. Um, but right now we're we're traveling. So that, that isn't as always as easy, but I think I'm going to take a trip to the botanical gardens here in Puerto Vallarta right now. Um, not right now, but this weekend so I can get some earth and, you know, I'm, I'm in the jungle in a way, but it doesn't, I'm, I'm a little more in like a industrial kind of environment. So anyways, I'm just rambling about how much I miss putting my feet in the soil. So I think that this, this podcast is going to inspire all of us to do so. Um, uh, before we introduce Lee to the show, I wanted to thank everyone for a, a beautiful growth gathering. We had our first gathering last week on Wednesday, and um, it was really beautiful. It was great to see some new faces, and um, I haven't you know, seen you all in quite some time, and it was nice to see faces, to talk about what everybody's been navigating through. Um, we talked about... Lo- life transitions and, you know, all those things that often feel a little challenging. I've been really feeling into that lately, <clears throat> just being met with being sick. I mean, my health has never really been as, as I guess, um, impacted, you know, in the last, <clears throat> and it's been more impacted at least in the last couple months, I've been kind of fighting something. So, um, yeah, I guess, another good reason to probably put my feet in the soil and work with the earth. But, um, with that being said, it was really beautiful to just hear you guys. And I want to thank everybody that joined. Um, we are doing another growth gathering this Wednesday and just to clear some things up, I think there was some confusion on the time. So I just want to make sure that it's clear. It is at 5 30 PM Pacific time, uh, 6 30 uh, mountain time, 7.30 central time, 8.30 eastern time. So don't miss it. If you are interested in joining these, last week was um, beautiful. And all you have to do is sign up to become a Patreon at the growth tier, which is $5 a month. It helps us get the show, you know, fully produced. It helps us grow and us get guests on. And um, we're actually bringing on a new assistant for both Clarity and New Earth. So it'll definitely help us reach more people and get, just keep the show rolling. If you're really, if you really appreciated and supported the show by re- leaving us a rating and review, I just want to say thank you. If that's all you can do, you know, I totally get that. Um, but yeah, so I'll see you guys, which is technically going to be tomorrow. I always pre record the intros a little bit. So um, tomorrow is our, our growth gathering. That's Wednesday. And if you are, are listening to this on Tuesday, just know that we're doing these every single Wednesday. You do have to be a Patreon in order to get access to these growth gatherings. Um, and what we do within our growth gatherings is what's really exciting. And, you know, I'm kind of letting them intuitively take shape, but I've been 
deep in a rabbit hole around studying alchemy. And I have this thought and this idea on how we can use alchemy to create sustainable growth within ourselves and also on the planet and and really create true change. Because alchemy is all about becoming a change shapeshifter. You know, you're able to really take a form, a negative toxic pattern or old habits, trauma, and actually alchemize it into positive wave, ways of thinking, um, a positive experience, and and really just take something and make it beautiful. So we're going to be studying alchemy in these growth gatherings. They're going to be related to you know becoming eco-conscious, um, how we can utilize alchemy for sustainable growth. And the first one we're going to be talking about, which is July 20. Fourth, I am looking at our notes here. <clears throat> Excuse me, guys. This throat thing, I'm so ready for that part to be over. Um, so the growth gathering, 721. So the 21st of this July, which is tomorrow, if you're listening to this podcast on Tuesday. Um, but we're going to be starting Alchemy. And these will be recorded. So if you can't make it live, it will be up on Patreon within the next 24 hours of the recording. So first thing is alchemy, spiritual alchemy and sustainable alchemy and how we're going to be merging those two together to create change. And then there's seven stages of alchemy. And I've been going through these stages myself and they're really beautiful, super potent. There's a lot to discuss, a lot to look over. I mean, I'm still integrating a lot of it. Um, if those of you are that are familiar with more of the alchemical process of transformation, especially spiritual alchemy, um, the first one is calcination. So we're going to be just exploring that. And um, I think it's going to be really fun. So that's what we have in store over on Patreon. So you can sign up. There's going to be a link in the show notes or head on over to patreon.com forward slash new earth. And that's spelled N-U earth as always. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to let you guys know about that. And I think we got to get into the soil today. We're going to get deep into the earth with Lee here in just a minute. So for those of you guys that have no idea who Lee Spivy is, um, he is, he's actually worked in the organic potting soil industry for over eight years, gaining an, gaining experience in manufacturing operations, organic input materials, grow site consulting and product development. As cultivator, Lee is widely known for his outspoken activism, organic soil knowledge, and cannabis expertise. With his musical and corporate engagements, or while his musical and corporate engagements have taken him around the country, Lee is proud to call Southern Oregon his home. So on this, in this interview, we're going into how to connect to the earth, how to have a spiritual connection to the earth through the soil. And I love hearing Lee's story, and I'm happy to introduce him to you all and check out more of Lee's work. Links will be in the show notes. And without further ado, let's welcome Lee to the show. Well, hello, fellow Earthlings. Welcome back to New Earth Podcast. I am sitting here of course, virtually, uh, with a guest, and I'm excited for the topic we're going to be exploring today. I want to welcome Lee Spivy to the show. Hi, Lee. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I mean, we're going to get into a topic that I personally could learn a lot more about, and also I think our listeners are going to gain some insight and value on. 
uh, we're going to be diving into deep into the earth, let's just say into the soil and hear what, uh, what Lee's journey has been. He's actually, um, like I mentioned in the intro here, he's the marketing manager and has been a huge affiliation with Good Earth Organics, which is a soil company from what I am looking, but you're better at, you know, explaining what you do. So um, before we get into the conversation today, I always like to start off our show with these few questions. How do you currently connect to the land that you live on? Currently, I connect the land I live on by, um, well, I grow my own vegetables. I, I grow my own medicines, um, specifically cannabis, out of, out of the soils that we manufacture. And I give back to my land mm. by giving it um, more more soil. Um, we have a, a degrading soil erosion problem here in the world, right? So mm-hmm. we're losing soil. And so by giving soil back to the land, we're allowing the land to give us more um, yearly and uh, for, for humanity for, for a lot longer. Absolutely. Well, I couldn't agree with that more. And it's amazing that you are uh, able to really give back and create your own grow like food that you grow on your own. Um, I'm sure we'll learn more about that in the interview. Uh, next question. Are there any plants or animals that you're currently connecting to lately? And what do you think they're telling you? There are, um, you know, um, on my farm, I have six dogs, um, two horses, three cats. Wow. Uh, there's a few pigs. There's like a bird sanctuary next door. Um, so we connect with the animals on a, on a regular basis. Um, they, they always tell us one thing or another, you know, whether it's, hey, somebody's walking by or, hey, can you plant more grass because we're running low or whatever it may be, you know, and then the plants, um, that they work in connection with. You know, um, I haven't had to run a lawnmower in a long time because the horses keep the grass down, mm. that the dogs fertilize the, the ground so the grass can grow. And um, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of giving back to the planet while at the same time you know, taking care of these animals. And, um, at the same time, they take care of my, my, my mental health and well-being. So it's, yeah, it's a good circle. That's incredible. You are quite a uh, like well-rounded human being really living with a farm and having all these different animals and, and everything and plants that really are around you. That's really incredible. And I'm often very inspired because, um, I'm actually a sailor. So we were just, we just spent eight months living on the sea. And so I can't really grow a lot of food. Uh, I've tried to do some like little herbs here and there, but I'm always very, um, like inspired by anybody who's able to have like a farm or able to grow food essentially. So, um, well, right. well, well, thank you. And right. congrats on your sailing adventures. That sounds like fun. Thank you. Yeah. It's been, it's been quite a voyage. Um, so my, my first thought, you know, is how did you find yourself in a career and, uh, that's really based in soil health and nutrition and how did you end up with a farm? Tell us a little bit about your story. Well, it's, it's an interesting story. So I was, um, in the, restaurant industry for for many years and ended up um hurting myself there and not being able to do that sort of job anymore and so um after growing cannabis for many many years i went into a consulting um sort of job frame um here in southern oregon and after a couple of years of doing that um decided maybe it was time to, to go back to work 
And my wife had interviewed here at Good Earth Organics um, for a retail position, and they were looking for somebody who had a little bit more knowledge on the growing side versus just uh, the, the retail side. And so you know, my wife told them that I was the grower of the property. And so they asked me to come interview and that's how that worked out. And so the owner of the, the company, Roy Leon, who started it back in 2008, um, hired me on as the retail um, employee and consultant for his um, customers so that they could um, grow better cannabis and um, sell more soil. So it was a, a pretty good situation. And eight years later, here I am. Um, last June, they asked me to be the marketing manager um, after a year of playing with just social media. And um, so now we're on to national adventures, trying to take it even farther. Well, that's incredible. Did you always have an interest in soil and being connected to the earth? Was that something you kind of had innate within you as a child or did this something sort of develop later in life? That's a good question. And kind of a, an emotional one, actually, because yes, I've always been a, you know, quote unquote, hugger, so to speak. And my um, family recognized that early on in my life when I was about eight or nine. And I grew up in Detroit, Michigan, and we had a, a beautiful wooded area um, just down the block from my house. And the day they started tearing that down is the day I jumped in front of the bulldozer to stop it. Wow. And it caused a pretty big scene um, in the community with my parents, with the, obviously the construction company. Um, anyway, yeah. Um, so I've always been, um, I don't know, on the, on the battleground, so to speak, right, of right. giving back to the planet. That's incredible. I haven't heard too many stories where someone is literally jumping in front of the, you know, a bulldozer to really prevent, you know, them tearing something down. Um, so what an amazing story on your behalf. Um, what did it feel like? Yeah, um, you- and so no outcome to that, you know, that, that, that was a, a vain project. There was, there was no outcome to that. They did make a really nice playground and a really nice um, walking and bike trail. Um, through that wooded area. But uh, yeah, the woods are, are now gone and much more city. Yeah, unfortunately, I, that is happening at a large scale around our earth. And that's why we're here to be, like you said, the tree hugger and and really bring back like something, something that we can give back and inspire this conversation further. You know, I really believe that. So, um, you know, here we are. Um, what? Yeah, here we are. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, what aspects, I know from, I, I really know the basics of soil, um, but what is some of the key components that we need to use within our soils in order to get the right nutrition from our food? That's an interesting question. So the, the right ingredients, you know, can really be based on whether or not you've tested the soil that you're growing in for nutrition factors. So let's say that you've done that and the test came back and said that you're lacking in phosphorus, potassium and or nitrogen or micronutrients, right? And so then you're going to want to amend your soil to the point where your nitrogen is at a fixable level. Same with the potassium, phosphorus, micronutrients, you know, things like that. Um, And that's really where our company comes in is we've already done that for you. 
and we've sourced the ingredients, the input materials. We've made sure that all of them are certified organic by Omri and CDFA and Clean Green. And we, we've made sure that the mix is appropriate and a pH balanced level so that the micronutrients can all be absorbed through the root zone without any lockout between your macros and micros and making sure that that soil is 100% certified organic. And there, you just want to grow in it versus not wanting to grow in something that's going to be lacking in nutrients or micronutrient content. Um, you know, you pick up some soil off the ground and it will definitely hold a plant. Um, other than that, I can't really say much about it without having it tested. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, for those that like compost and, you know, I've, when I did live um, in a house and we had our compost bin, we were working on creating good soil. I didn't quite get there. It was my dream was like to have a big garden. We just didn't, didn't get there. Um, but anyone who's working with compost, like, is that something that they can add to your soil or would you suggest it's something that like your soil is already pretty much ready to go and that doesn't even need to be considered? Yeah, that's what I would say is our soils are ready to go. We've already added the appropriate amount of compost to Gaia's gift, which is our compost heavy blend. It's okay. uh, the the living soil blend that is the most alive. It's got the most compost and most nutrients in it and the biggest MPK that we offer. Our Zen blend is going to be a, a compost light and it's going to have um, much better drainage um, atmosphere for like herbs and um, well draining materials, things like that, windowsill plants, stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. So yes, compost is important if you want a living soil. Um, you can't really get there without it. Right. And it's definitely one of the key ingredients we use in our soil. Fascinating. Yeah, that really kind of puts an ease. I'm, I'm thinking maybe I might be able to grow some food with your guys' soil on my boat. <laughs> it might be possible. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, pH, water, and sunshine is really all you're going to need. Um, yeah. That's, that's for sure. Well, it sounds like you have done a lot of legwork for anyone that wants to kind of start a garden. And I think, you know, in our world today, I have had more conversations with people who are looking to either grow their own food or start a garden or even just, you know, start from the scratch and the basics, like growing an herb garden in their house, in their kitchen or something. Cause if they live in, let's say a condo or in a city life, um, and so what would, what would be a good starting point for someone if they're just kind of, they want to get started, they want to, you know, get some tomatoes growing or something like that, just kind of the basics, where, where would you suggest we begin? I love this question. Okay. This is one of my favorite things to do because everybody <laughs> wants to be a gardener and everybody's like, well, where do I start? Right. right. <laughs> and so my, my suggestion is always starting with, with a map, right? Even if you have to just draw a picture of the space you want to grow in, right? And then map out your grow um, style. How, how do you want to grow? Do you want to grow in a, um, like a bed on the ground where you just lay the soil down, put the veggies in it and they just grow straight up? Or do you want to grow in, you know, five gallon pots? Or do you want to grow in, in 20 gallon fabric pots? I mean, it, that all depends on your personal preference, your amount of space, your, your footprint on what you can harvest, right? So like me, I, I have a, a large area to grow in and I harvest more vegetables than I can even fill my house with and have to give them away to the farmer's market so people can take them. Wow. Now, some people may 
not have that much space and maybe growing in like a, a windowsill container that can only produce, you know, two tomatoes, one cucumber and some herbs, right? So that all depends on how you want to grow and what your setup is. So always map it out first, put it on paper and follow your plan. And I think that's the best way to get started with gardening. I really love that. You know, I, what really sparked my interest in starting my own garden was I watched a gangster gardener on masterclass. And I don't know if you're familiar with, I'm actually drawing a blank on his name. Um, but he's, he's kind of well known in the LA area and he grows urban farms or urban gardens. And, um, it's going to come to me, but I can't remember it at all right now. Anyways. Uh, and, and his, I'll have to look it up. I'm not. Yeah. His, um, his motto was like, get as creative as you want, but there was kind of some controversy there as far as, you know, he was saying like, use things that you find in a junkyard from like, uh, suitcases to, um, you know, old bookshelves and all these things. And then there was sort of some controversy with like how you can actually grow food in suitcases, like old suitcases and stuff like that. Um, so I would love to hear your thoughts just out of my own spark of curiosity on how creative that we really can get in a garden. So I'm all about the creativity. Um, like my wife likes to say, when I, when I build fences, I'm all Dr. Seuss about it because I don't like corners and everything's mm -hmm. weird. So um, yeah, no, being creative in your gardening methods can be excellent, but there's definitely some detriments to using some older products, you know? Um, some older suitcases can be made with asbestos and you want to stay away from that. And um, some, you know, older bookshelves and things can have, you know, a lot of heavy metals in them, you know, like you don't want to grow in anything that has lead paint on it, stuff like that. So just, I mean, be careful of the products that you're sourcing to grow in and make sure that, you know what I mean? You're either A, cleaning them for pests because they can have all sorts of weird things living on them or in them. Uh, they can have bacteria, they can have fungus. Um, so yeah, just be careful, making sure you're using clean, um, medias to grow in and, uh, keep your heavy metals down. Like if you're going to okay. use a, an old rusty bucket or something like that, you know, um, clean it real well and maybe put a protective coating on it or something like that. Oh, interesting. I actually did plant, I, I was reusing some, I'm really big on repurposing and reusing things. So I did have like beans and can like any cans that you know, I've used and I try to repurpose and put um, plants in them. But I did notice that some of them didn't quite hold up. They uh, like they were succulents and they seemed to get dried out. Do you know why that would be the case? Um, well, not specifically without being around the plant and seeing it and asking about how often you watered and what you were feeding and what kind of soil it was in. And right, right, there, there's so many right. different variables when it comes to plants and why they died. Okay. <laughs> um, but um, if I had to guess, you know, overwatering and root rot can be a serious thing. You know, a lot of mm. times succulents don't really like a lot of water, just putting an ice cube on them and letting them melt can be enough weekly. Um, so it's, I, I guess it just depends on what happened, but root rot is a very common reason for a lot of plants to die um, overwatering. And for those that don't have any idea, root rotting is, is that for like when the, the, it gets overwatered? Yeah. So root rot would be a situation where you've watered too much and the roots have sat in too much saturation for too long. And then they become brown and um, don't want to absorb nutrients anymore and just kind of die. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I think I might've done that to some plants when I was getting my, 
uh, trying to grow my, you know, green finger, which <laughs> I actually am successful at now. But initially I was very intimidated with having plants in my home because I, you know, killed off a few to get started. But, you know, I think like anybody, you really have to kind of keep trying and keep understanding like what overwatering means and what not giving enough to is. And I'm sure it's the same when you're growing a garden and growing vegetables. It is the same, you know, and you can over fertilize or under fertilize, you know, it's like everything in life, a balance and experience and practice is, is really where it comes in. Yeah. Well, why do you, why do you feel that, uh, soil is like the, the healthy soil of course is so important in growing our food so that we can have a healthy lifestyle? Healthy soil is important because that that's that's where nutrition starts. Um, whether you're shopping in the supermarket or growing your own vegetables, um, just because it has an organic label doesn't mean it's healthy for you, right? I mean, this is a, a conversation I just had earlier today with with the doctor, and our, our consensus was essentially that you can only be assured that you're growing and eating nutrient dense foods if they're coming out of your garden. Um, or out of your neighbor's garden or, you know, your uncle's garden down the road, who's at the farmer's market on Friday afternoon or something along those lines, you know, going to the supermarket and buying a, an avocado off the shelf, um, that's labeled organic, um, may have pesticides on it. It may carry disease or fungus or, or something along those lines. You, you, you just don't know because you weren't there and the consistency amongst, you know, nutrition coming out of your garden out of nutrient dense soil make makes your bones stronger makes your muscles stronger makes you live longer improves your skin conditions um all sorts of things and, and it all starts in the soil if, if nutrition starts in the soil and, and ends up in your body that improves your health it improves the lifestyle around you ah wow that's that's very important i mean it's like the basics in a lot of ways where the soil is our life force and what gives us the nutrients that we need. And, you know, I've heard oftentimes with organic food, you know, how it's not always packed with the vital nutrients that we need. And that's where, you know, a lot of the issues that kind of are coming up with um, within our bodies. And I, I'm really just learning that, you know, I think it's, it's something that we're kind of all relearning and remembering and, and attuning ourselves to, because it's not often easy to just turn our, like, just all of a sudden, no, you know, okay, well this, this isn't healthy for me. And we all can't really grow an entire like massive garden in our backyards and fully self-sustain ourselves, which you might think differently. Um, but I do think that, you know, just educating ourselves and understanding like the nutrients and, and why it's so important is really vital in re reprogramming some of that mentality around what is health and how it is important to our food. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's health and our food are a direct co correlation, you know, like I'm sure we've all had a meal and didn't feel great afterwards and got indigestion or heartburn from it and things like that. And then wondered, well, why, you know, if this was farm to table, then maybe that wouldn't be a thing. And a lot of times I find that it's, it's not, if you're eating straight from your garden or straight from the farm, 
then the indigestions, the, the upset stomachs, those, those things aren't there because the processed foods don't, aren't there. And so through over the years, things have become more processed. And so we need to dial that back and definitely get back into a more healthy focused lifestyle where we're not eating processed foods and a lot more farm to table. So yeah, I do believe there's a direct uh, correlation. Well, Earthlings, now seems like a really great time to take a little break and introduce to you a company and brand that I wholeheartedly love and adore with every beat of my heart. My dear soul sister and mastermind colleague, Arana Leah, has, of course, this beautiful deck called the Moon Deck, and it is a healing oracle deck of 44 cards, an in-depth guidebook filled with insights and rituals to enhance intuition and self-love. As often as we are activists out in the earth, it's important for us to focus on our inner emotional well-being. And that's what this card deck really supports us with. It has sold tens and thousands of decks around the globe and has become a favorite amongst card collectors and any newbies that have been working with Oracle decks. It can be used as an Oracle guide, a daily tool for reflection and meditation, or simply tarot-inspired spreads. The Moon Deck is printed on FCS certified paper using plant-based ink and is currently expanding their ritual product line while sourcing mindfully. So I always love highlighting companies and brands that really have a soul and a spirit and a, a conscious awareness of the planet in mind. And if you're looking for a new deck to work with, the Moon Deck is your deck. Head on over to themoondeck.com and enter code Mother Earth to get 10% off. That's themoondeck.com and that's code Mother Earth to get 10% off. And uh, kind of going to the core, like fundamentals of different types of soil, can you enlighten us on that? Because from my understanding, I know there's some different types, like there's loomy soil and there's other things and can you give us a little bit of breakdown on the different types of soil? Sure. So a sandy loam soil would be like silty, have a lot of green sand in it, um, some regular sand. The water is not going to travel through it so so rapidly and it's going to hold um, the roots really well and stiff, but not a lot of water. So the water is just going to kind of flow through it. Um, so you'll have to water more often with the sandy loam soil. Um, with like a, um, a cocoa-based soil. So a lot of companies right now are making like a 70-30 mix, which I'm not a big proponent of, but they're making it. And so that's going to be like a water a lot soil where you have to give it a lot of water because it's super drained, super fast, and just doesn't hold anything. And uh, to be quite honest, uh, I did a soil side-by-side -side and used a 70-30 mix and it barely held the plant in place. So the trellis was a big thing that I had to use. And so it's just not even a... I don't know. I wouldn't even call it really a soil mix. It's definitely a soil medium for hydroponics and things like that. So if you're growing indoors, it's a 70-30 can work for you. But the introduction of organics, you know, aside from the, the cocoa and the peat there, like a little bark brings biology into the mix. And so a perfect blend of, of inputs like cocoa, peat, bark, pumice, perlite, things like that are going to give you uh, a soil that can hold water so you don't have to water consistently. 
It's going to hold the root base so the plant can be firm and the stalks can grow big without stress. Cause that's a big thing too. If, if plants are stressed out, they don't want to grow either, just like humans. And when we start moving into um, soils that are too um, compost heavy, then they're going to be, be muddy, right? So a lot of like clay soils and things like that um, are going to hold too much water for a lot of vegetables and specifically cannabis because it likes to drain really well. Um, so having a good blend of ratio of input and compost really make the difference in a, in a plant's life, in the living biology of the soil and uh, making it the best medium it can be for the consumer. Yeah, that's all very fascinating. And I think when we can understand that there is these different types of soil, because that really blew my mind when I was kind of getting into the, the whole gardening uh, dream, <laughs> I'll say, uh, it, it was really mind opening for me to understand that, you know, maybe my soil on my land that I lived on wasn't actually what would benefit some of the nutrient, the plants that I wanted to grow. And so I think once we understand that there are health, there's a version of the healthy soil and that we're aiming to create, which it sounds like obviously you guys have with good earth, good earth organics. Um, I think that it really just creates a new level of awareness on the type of soil that we need to create nutrient rich food. Yes, that's right. You know, the farmer who grows your corn that you buy from the supermarket spends a lot of time preparing his soil to grow in. And mm. that's one way to go about it. You know, it takes a lot of time and effort to prepare your soil with the right nutrients and the right inputs for, for things to grow like that in, in that kind of quantity for that kind of yield. Yeah. So getting into a little bit more of the, I'll say spiritual side of this all, because when we start, before we started recording, we're kind of mentioning, you know, that there is some level of how we can find a spiritual connection to the earth through soil. And I really want to get into that because so many of our listeners, you know, we always talk about how, how spirituality can relate to, you know, ecology, the earth, and um, so many of those components. So what, what is your um, belief in that and how can we find that spiritual connection through the soil? Well, I, you know, I'd have to say step one is put your hands in the dirt, um, get connected, mm. take your shoes off, put your feet in the soil. Um, that's for me, that's, that's where the connection starts. Um, in, you can almost feel the microbes living and moving around and you can definitely feel the insects living and moving around. Um, so there's a lot happening in the earth that, you know, we take for granted on a daily basis and the, and, and the, the cycle of life, the symbiosis there is, is super important to know that, you know, the butterfly flaps its wings and, and the ant can't carry the food home. And so it's, it's, it's really important to, to get to know your, your soil and, and the earth and, uh, and find that connection, you know, for yourself, whether, whether it's somebody saying, Hey, you know, it felt really good to plant these plants and then harvest and it made my heart full and that, that was my spiritual connection. Or, or somebody said, you know, hey, I, I dug this, this trench and that hard work showed me the connection that I was looking for or, or whatever it may be. There's all sorts of ways to find your connection with the earth. But it, um, for me, it certainly exists and, and I would hope that everybody finds their own. Mm, that's so beautiful and really inspiring for us to just, make it really simple, you know, just put your hands and feet in the earth and feel your sense of connection on our own. 
what was, do you remember the first time that you really had that moment and that experience with the soil of the earth? Yeah, I do. Um, so my mother-in-law, she taught me how to grow. Um, she had a very green thumb and we were growing our first six plants when I first got my medical card back in like 2005 here in Southern Oregon. And it was my first experience digging a hole and filling it with soil and putting a plant in and nurturing the plant and, you know, dealing with problems that the, had occurred with the plant. Um, just in finding that connection at that time. Um, so, you know, bless her for, in, for the introduction um, to, to growing and, and to soil. You know, my, my family had always done, you know, small gardens and things like that back in Detroit and grown tomatoes and cucumbers and things like that. Um, never really talked about soil or gardening or growing. It was just always something that, that happened, um, you know, always, you know, always eaten out of the, the garden, um, but it was never a discussion, right? And so um, that's one of the things we talked about earlier as well was now it's a discussion. Now people want to talk about it. Um, with the pandemic happening, a lot of people planted veggie gardens and, and, and went to farmer's markets. Yeah. And then I think in that time, they made that connection, right? They made that discovery between healthy living and growing your own food. And so I think that's continuing in the future, definitely going to be a focus of a lot of people in our community. Yeah. You know, I was recently talking to someone, uh, another guest about the kind of the freedom that growing your own food creates um how do you really feel like or do you actually feel like there's a sense of sovereignty or freedom that you know we as individuals can take when we start to grow our own food and and create our nutritious like uh overall health when we take that into our own hands i do you know and i think it's directly um in cooperation with the accomplishment of growing and harvesting, right? Mm -hmm. And so we get we get to feel that when our job is done and the fruit is harvested and the vegetable is on the table and we're finally eating it. I mean, you know, it's the philosophical question, right? Like, does it taste better because we made it ourselves or does it actually taste better, right? Like, so either way, that doesn't matter. The, the fact is that we accomplish that and that makes us feel good. And that makes us healthier. It brings happiness to our lives. It brings nutrients to our lives. And so that's really all that matters in, in that situation. So, yeah, I definitely think so. Mm -hmm. Do you have any kind of surprising things that are growing in your garden right now? Surprising things? Um, not so much. I'm kind of a control freak when it comes to what's growing in the garden. <laughs> um, so... No, not really. I mean, we do get a lot of fresh chamomile that pops up everywhere. And so sometimes we harvest that and make teas. But, you know, as far as surprising things growing, not really. There's some onions that popped up this year that we didn't grow last year, but we grew the year before. So they took like a whole year to germinate before the seeds popped. Wow. But I wouldn't, I don't know if that's really surprising. Um, but yeah, no, it's, that's about it. Onions. Yeah. What are the core, uh, like veggies and, and do you, if you grow fruits, what are the core things that are growing in your garden right now? So let's see here. Um, we have tomatoes and carrots and beans and artichokes and potatoes. 
Um, fruits, we have apples, um, peaches, plums, and cherries. Um, wow. I'm probably missing something, but I think that's it. Well, I'm coming over. That sounds like an incredible <laughs> garden, <laughs> if you say so. Cherries and mm, that sounds delicious. I bet you guys, do you go to the store as much anymore or are you mostly kind of reliant upon your, your garden? It's a mix. So we definitely um, still have to purchase our meats and a lot of our grains and stuff from the stores. Right. But when it comes to vegetables and fruits and stuff like that, we have a lot of it. That's incredible. Well, I personally am very inspired. I think a lot of our listeners are, you know, going to take away a lot from just understanding, you know, the basics of, of growing a garden and what type of soil you need and the health and the benefits that it can, can come forth. Um, for anyone out there that is sort of has a little bit of resistance or kind of maybe a block or sometimes I just say a little intimidated <laughs> by growing food, um, what advice would you have for them? Um, stay organic, stay certified, keep it simple. Don't overcomplicate your gardening area. Um, group vegetables together by root system. So for instance, you know, tomatoes with other leafy greens, cabbages, things like that, things that are going to produce good leafy green leaves and things like that group those together um if you're doing squashes and pumpkins and stuff like that group those together um group peppers together um yeah and don't overwater yeah. um don't overfeed just keep it simple and uh keep the plant happy um it's it's easy to say hard to do but just time and attention i think yeah well, I like that you use the term keep it simple because that part of, you know, what I've learned is kind of getting the initial foundation built is can kind of be overwhelming. So I like that you're you're speaking my language. Keep it simple. You know, start start wherever you can. And um, I, I'm excited to kind of see if anyone from list, that's listening starts a garden from this episode because I think that, you know, I'm left inspired. I feel, I feel a little bit more motivated in the sense of creating something just where, where I am versus, you know, I'm constantly kind of on the move, a bit of a digital nomad, but we do have our core home on the boat. So I feel a little bit more grounded in the idea that I can grow food and, and that it can really benefit me and my family in a way. So thank you for that. That's really inspiring. And um, I'm curious to hear, you know, more about some of the the elements to your, um, what the, the company that you work with, with Good Earth Organics. So if you can just give us a little insight on where we can find you and, um, and what type of a blend maybe you would suggest for us to get started with. Absolutely. So Good Earth Organics. Um, we were founded in 2008 by a man named Roy Leon, who was a chemist and developed these soil blends so that he could grow better cannabis here in Southern Oregon without having to do so much work. And so here we are many, many years later, um, finally going national as a brand and taking our soils uh, across the country. Um, so anybody wanting to grow um, nutrient-dense foods or cannabis outdoors and things like that, I would definitely recommend our Gaia's Gift blend. Um, it is 
nutrient rich, about 25 pounds of nutrients per yard, which would be about 200 gallons. Um, so if you were growing in, you know, 10 gallon pots and growing 20 different vegetables, it would be about 26 yards of <laughs> 26 pounds of nutrients in, in those pots that are growing those vegetables, um, which seems like a lot. And, and it is, but it's all slow release. And so the plants really like to um, use it as, as the plant likes to use it. Um, so we only really recommend planting um, plants that have a good root base and are about six inches or bigger into it as they, they will burn some baby plants. Um, our Zen blend is an all around soil blend, which gives you a good peace of mind, um, hence the name Zen blend. And it's got a good NPK as well, um, but it's a little less heavy on the nitrogen, which allows the plants to just become accustomed to it and grow as they want without forcing any vegetative growth. Um, and our cloud nine is great for anybody doing like indoor hydroponics, um, seed starting, things like that. It doesn't have a um, nutrient base in it at all. It's inert, um, so to speak. And it's cocoa peat and perlite blend, well, with some aged bark, giving it some good microbiology and allowing um, roots to be held into it nicely but allowing you to follow your own feeding regimen, whether you're doing scratch and nutrients, liquid feeds, or organic fertilizers. Um, so yeah, we have a, a great base of, of products, um, three different soil blends for people doing different things in the market. We have a new product that we've introduced um, recently over at Canacon in Oklahoma was its first appearance this last week. And it's a three-part organic um, fertilizer system that is um, for or scratch in and it's a veg bloom and bricks and it allows your sugars to be increased your vegetation to be maximized and your blooms and your yields to be maximized as well um, you can find all of this beautiful information at goodearthorganics.com you can find us on all social media outlets at goodearthorganicssoils um, for anybody listening that wishes to uh, shop online uh, whether it be Amazon Walmart Marketplace or goodearthorganics.com you can use code GEO10 to save 10% and uh, Nixie, I've got a special code for you um, for the soil that goes on your boat as well when we're done talking. I'll send you that. Okay, amazing. Well, thank you so much for um, that offer for everyone. I hope that you guys definitely take him up on that. It's kind of amazing and incredible that um, it's just easy to get. We can start anywhere. And I think that's a, a good um, indicator that you can start a garden today. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate all of your wisdom and insight along the topic of soil. Not always the best topic, you know, not everybody wants to talk about the soil, but I do think that it I, is. I love talking about soil, but I understand <laughs> how it can be a, a weird subject for people. Like, hey, totally. we're talking about dirt, right? Like, totally. so why is it interesting? I think it's great. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm, I know our listeners very well and myself included. And we really love getting down to the roots and the soil and getting dirty. So I think that this will still resonate, even if it's not the most, you know, eccentric topic. I think it's still amazing. So thank you very much, Lee, for coming on. And um, I have one more question for you before we close this out. And you can get as creative, as fun, as imaginative with this as you want. Um, if you were to envision a new earth, what would that look like to you? Oh, man, that is a cool question. If I were to envision a new earth, it would look like a giant island with terraced gardens all the way up to the mountaintop where there's one big festival site at the top. That's pretty cool. I like that. That's how my new earth would look. <laughs> I love that. 
Lots of green. I see it. We're going to hold that vision with you. Okay, Lee. <laughs> That's right. All right. This has been super fun. Thank you again. And I hope everybody here has been enjoying this podcast. We'll make sure to put all the show notes and the discount code in or all the links in the discount code in our show notes. So we will see you all next week. Have a wonderful rest of your day, Lee. And uh, we'll, we'll talk soon. Okay. Bye for now. Yeah. Thank you so much. As many of you know, I've been on the journey to reduce my carbon footprint, my single-use plastics, and my overall waste and consumption on this planet. I, in the midst of all this, decided that I would create a product that would also help and inspire others to do the same. Hence, Clarity was born. Clarity is a cleaning product line of all-natural, all-amazing, non-toxic products that make your home sparkle and shine with less of what you think you need to clean your home. As a cleaning professional, I realize that many people have way too many products inside their home and they really don't need five different products and they maybe just need one. So that was our mission with Clarity. Clarity is an all-purpose cleaning concentrate that actually creates as much as you need because we do offer refills and we ship them to your door so you can save time and money without going to the grocery store, which right now seems very fitting. You can just try it out if you are interested in going green in your cleaning routine, but you've never done so before by purchasing our ready-to-go all-purpose bottle. It is pre-filled with one all-purpose cleaning concentrate and all you do is add the water. Most cleaning products that you see in the stores have mostly water in them, which actually increases the overall shipping weight and therefore increasing the carbon emissions in the ozone layer. So we've decided to let's take out the water and empower you to add it yourself. And together we can do better at protecting our beautiful environment. And 5% of all our sales goes to five gyres who are committed to protecting and cleaning up the plastics in the ocean. So head on over to clarity.com and get 10% off as a new earth listener by entering the code new earth tribe. And that is N U earth tribe.